This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Morning. Morning. Hello. Do you know, I noticed something, right? Every time I preach, there's hardly anyone in church. I don't know if it's like a common thread. But this morning, there happens to be loads of you, so I'm kind of chuffed. But hey, you're not here by accident. And I know that because... I did not want to be preached this message because it's not totally all mine. I've used a lot of other people's stuff, but I didn't want to preach it because I'm like, last time we had house group, I was like, every time I preach, I preach my own stuff. I don't preach anyone else's stuff. And now I'm preaching someone else's stuff as well as my stuff. So I don't think you're here by accident because I, I've got this message and I just think it's going to be awesome. And not that I'm awesome, but God's awesome. But it's going to be class, so we're going to open God's word first. That's how we're going to start, and then we'll carry on. So Numbers 11, 1 to 6. Many people are going to be like, how is she going to preach from this? But trust me, I'm going to. <laughs> um, says, now the people complained to the Lord about their troubles. And when he heard them, he come, became angry. Then the fire from the Lord burned among the people at the edge of the camp. The people cried out to Moses, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped burning. So that place was called Tibera, because the Lord's fire burned among them. Some troublemakers among them wanted better food, and soon the Israelites began complaining. They said, we want meat. We remember the fish we ate for free in Egypt. We also had cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. And now everyone's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? What are we talking about? Um... Okay, so skip from this straight to something totally different, and we'll come back to it in a minute. Who in here loves films? Put your hands up if you love to watch a film. Okay, I absolutely love watching films. I love Disney films. Any Disney fans? Come on. I love rom-coms. Come on, any rom-com fans? Something I really don't like is, like, thrillers. Anything that scares me, okay? There's people in you who are like, oh, I love it. Action thrillers, woo. But I'm really not one of those kind of people, okay? But um, I think it must have been like two years ago or something. Aileen, James, and Dan totally convinced me to go and see this film called Nonstop. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to see this. Not really interested, whatever. But they convinced me to go. And I was like, okay, I don't like films. I guess I'm a bit nervous. And I sat and I watched it, okay? So we're going to watch the trailer. It's from years ago. And it tells you to go and see it in the cinema. But don't go to see it in the cinema because it's not in the cinema. We're going to watch the trailer, okay? And you'll see why I was like, my heart was pumping when I started. crowds, the delays. I always kind of liked it. Six hours, one seat, nobody can get to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard our non-stop service from New York to London. Fly much? All the time, actually. every 20 minutes unless 150 million dollars is transferred to this account number we're midway across the atlantic how do you kill someone in a crowded plane and get away with it
gentlemen, I need every passenger to raise their hands above their head. This is a bad idea. Marshall, we have a right to know what the hell is going. Agent Marks, the account number you gave us is in your name. What? That doesn't make any sense. This is a setup. Something else is going on. Okay, come on. Anyone else in here like, oh my gosh, tension. Anyone? Come on, there must be someone like feeling the tenseness of that, that trailer. That's just a trailer. Okay, so I'm sat in the cinema and I'm watching this film and Aileen James and Dan can vouch for this, okay? I usually sit nice and quiet. I hate films, I guess. I'm sat there and I was like, ah, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, come watch, oh my gosh, come watch, come watch, come watch, come watch, come watch, come watch, come watch. Let's finish, let's finish. Okay, let's finish. Oh my gosh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be him. It's gotta, oh my gosh, it's not him! Oh, it's him! Oh no, it's him! And I'm like freaking out watching this film, like sweating. I'm sat there, aliens like, and I'm like, oh, I can't cope with this, I can't cope with this, I can't cope with it. I could not cope with the tenseness of the film, the tension, right? I couldn't cope with it. So that was that, that was that time. And then I think it was about a year later. I'm sure it was my dad, but I've been rattling my brain to think who I was watching it with. And someone said, Oh, I got the film nonstop. Let's watch it. And I was like, oh, okay, I've seen this. Not a big deal. I'm not so fussed, but okay, we'll watch it. So we sat down to watch it. And then you can hear other people going, Oh, oh. like not so vocal as me, where I'm like, ah, but they're like, Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, it's, 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 oh my God. And I'm just sat there like, what's the big deal? It's not scary. It's not tension. I know exactly. It's obviously him. It's got to be him. Of course it's him. But when you first watch it, you're like, oh, shaking. Like, I can't work this out, right? Has anyone watched a film with my grandmother? (laughs) Sorry, grandma, but I got to get this out there. Okay, if you have seen a film with my grandmother that she has seen before, she will sit there and go, it's not him. No, it's not him. No, see that guy in the back row there? It's him. It's that one. Grandma, shut up. I'm trying to watch the film. No, but do you know what happens next, right? Is this. And then this happens. And you're like, Grandma, I can't enjoy the film because you keep telling me what's happening. There's absolutely no point to even watching the film. You might as well just sit there and let Grandma tell you what happens. Okay. So this kind of happens with our Christian life, right? We know that we've got to go through life. God knows that we've got to go through life. And God knows what's happening, and we have no idea what's happening. So we're freaking out in the middle of our life when things are going on, because we can't see what's about to happen. We can't work out what's coming next. But God's sitting there going, chill out. It's fine. It's okay, because I know what's coming, and you're going to handle it, and you're going to get through it. And then, you know, we stand in life, and we walk through life, and we're like, God, will you just tell me what's coming next? Will you just tell me what's happening next? And God's like, no, because it's going to spoil it for you. Come on, do you, do you really want to know everything that's going to happen in your life? No, it's going to be boring. You don't want to know a film because that makes it boring. Yeah, what's the point? So God's not going to tell you what's coming next in your life because that's boring. You've got to go through it. You've got to experience it. You've got to go through the nerves and the tension and the, the laughs and the fun to enjoy your life. 
Yeah? Okay. So this is where we relate to this message. Last time I spoke, I think it was last time, I spoke on when um, God parts the Red Sea. And that was awesome. Amazing thing for him to do. And now we're moving on to what happens next. So they've just gone through the Red Sea, and now we've moved on into the journey to the promised land. But I want to tell you something before we move on, because I forgot to say just now, awkward, um, is <laughs> we know the start from the end when we become Christians. We know the start and we know the end. We know the start is when you give your life to Jesus. That's the beginning of your journey. And we know the end is in heaven. Amen? Okay, but we don't know the middle. And that's what we're going to talk about is the messed up, confusing, annoying, frustrating, crazy middle part of what, what we're doing here. We know at the start, this is awesome, just giving our lives to God. We know at the end, this is awesome, we're going to heaven. It, but in between, we've got to work it all out. So that's what we're going to, we're going to be looking at. The Israelites were slaves for 400 years. 400 years. Okay, nobody's shocked by that. I'm like, 400 years being a slave. Okay, this is like, whoa, <laughs> that's a long time. But then in one night, God uses Moses to get them out of slavery. One night, you've been a slave for 400 years. And in one night, God changes things. You're like, what? Why couldn't you do this ages ago? Come on, 400 years of slavery, you'd be a bit frustrated, wouldn't you? But we can feel like sometimes we're going through something for a long, long, long time. But it hasn't been 400 years, okay? So hold on a little longer, because in one night, God can change your life. In one night, God can change your circumstance. In one night, God can change everything. you just got to have a bit of faith. So what saved them? What, what got them out of slavery? Was it like God's like, oh, you know, they've been really good people. You know, they're doing really good stuff. No, probably not. Was it they got, you know, good morals, good ethics? You know, they're like, yeah, we'll just be good people all the time. Probably not. God looked at them and saw there was a need. God saw they needed to get out of slavery. And so he got them out of slavery in one night. It was a need. God doesn't look at your deeds. He looks at your needs. So God doesn't go, okay, you're now a good enough person to be saved. God goes, you really need to be saved, so you're saved. And then we look at the other stuff. So if you're a person in you who thinks, I'm really not good enough to be a, a Christian yet. I need to work some stuff out first. And then I'll come to God and be like, God, I'm pretty much perfect now so you can have me. You're on, you're on, a wrong, you're on the wrong path. God's like, no, come first and we'll work on the other stuff after. The Bible says um, that God is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So there's no point in us trying to perfect ourselves without the perfecter. It's just silly, right? It's just like trying to do everything on your own when there's someone who can do it with you and do it for you and help you. He doesn't expect you to do it by yourself. So we see this massive miracle where, they, where he parts the Red Sea and all the Israelites run through. Anyone seen Exodus, the film? It's awesome and exciting. And then right at the end where all the um, Egyptians get washed up and they all die. A bit gross. Um, but they all get washed up and the Israelites are having a bit of a party. Okay, It's basically one of the very first recordings of a praise party in the Bible, where they're singing, they're dancing, they're worshiping, they're like, yes, God, come on, God, woohoo, this is awesome, probably a bit more excited than me even, but they're totally and utterly consumed with gratefulness, with thankfulness, they got 
as Phil likes to say, an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> but, you know, they're like proper, like partying out. They're totally amazed and it's all awesome. But sooner or later, the thrill's going to die off. The excitement's going to die down. It's a bit like conference. You go to conference, we go to Rock Nations or we go to Excel, whatever you go to. And you come back, you're like, oh, I'm so fired up. And then a week later, you're like, I need to be a bit more fired up. Yeah, the thrill dies down. The excitement dies down. And suddenly, reality has to hit them. And they hit reality, and it, they're basically going, well, who am I now? Who, who am I? I was a slave, and now I'm saved. Okay, awesome. But how do I live that out? How do I, what do I do? I don't know life as not being a slave. I've always been a slave. I've always known slavery. I've always known how to live that. But how do I now live that I'm, when I'm free? How do I even do that? They knew they'd had an encounter with God, an, an extravagant, amazing, miraculous encounter with God. But they also knew that just because they're in a different surrounding doesn't mean that their mindset and their personalities have changed. They're not different people just because they've walked through the Red Sea. Have you ever heard the saying, I had a t-shirt of this when I was little, you can take the girl out of Wales, but you can't take Wales out of the girl. Have you heard that before? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm always going to be Welsh. I'm always going to tell you, see you in a minute now. I want a coach. Give me a coach. And it was true for them. Just because, you know, they were out of Egypt doesn't mean Egypt was out of them. Just because they've been saved doesn't mean that they had changed. It was a bit like a Facebook relationship change, okay? You're not in a relationship until you're officially on Facebook in a relationship. Okay, I'm just saying, okay? Don't come up to me and say, I'm in a relationship, and then put on your Facebook that you're single, because I won't believe you, okay? Just saying. It's got to be Facebook official. But you change your Facebook, right? And then all of a sudden, you go from single to in a relationship. Does that now mean that because you have changed your Facebook status, that you have changed the way you are, the way you act? No, it doesn't. Because when you're, when you're single, you can do whatever you want. Loving life, going out, joy your. Think about yourself, care about yourself. Suddenly, you're in a relationship. That means you have to make the decision to change and think, okay, if I do this, he ain't going to be happy. So we've got to work something out. We've got to do some, some changing. We've got to do some compromising. We've got to do some, some working together here. Just because your status change doesn't mean that you have changed. That is something that you personally have to do. But that's just like being a Christian. It's like saying, I was, I was a sinner, and now I'm free. Before I did what I wanted, but now I've got to think about what God wants. Christianity is initially a change of status before it is a change of behavior. Some people, like my grandfather, get changed like that. The moment they become a Christian, they change totally. Nothing's, nothing's the same as before. But for the majority of people, and it's certainly true for me, it's an absolute journey to change. It's a journey to think, oh, what does God want over what I want? What does God think about over what I think? And, you know, it's a, it's a journey. It's working it out. It's trying to sit with God and go, God, we've got to do this together. So you just tell me what you want, and I'll try and do it. And I'll tell you what my wants are. But if it doesn't work with your plan, that's fine. We'll work something else out. And that's about being in a relationship with God, working out with God what it is that you need to do. The challenge is how do you align your behavior and your mindset to your status change? The enemy wants you to think that you've got to change first, but God wants you to know that you're loved and accepted just as you are, but then we've got to work on some stuff. 
So the children of Israel, they move on from Egypt and begin their journey to the promised land. They have no idea where it is, where they're going or how long it's going to take them. But God takes them through the wilderness. Okay, so to me, I'm like reading it. I'm like, God, why don't you just take them out of Egypt and take them straight to the promised land? Why is that not easier? You know, come on, hello. But God's like, no, I need to take you on a bit of a journey, a 40-year journey. Just putting it out there, 40 years. Okay, it's a long time. But I think often we can skip this part of the story. Often we look at this massive miracle at the start where he splits the scene. It's like, woo! And then we zoom straight through the middle bit and we go to the end. We're like, that's the promised land, yeah! Because, you know, as humans, we want everything to be happy and joyful and yay. We don't really want to think about the hard times. And I think we can skip the importance of what happened in the wilderness. So what is so extravagant and amazing about the wilderness? Nothing all that much, let me tell you. It's just a dry place with no water and no food and a bunch of people walking around trying to find where they're going, basically. Um, But God uses the wilderness to try and get Egypt out of them, to try and get that mindset and their behaviors of Egypt out so they're ready to hit the promised land. God uses it because in the wilderness there's no resource, so God's trying to say hello I'm your source. I'm the source. You don't need any other resources because I am the only source that you need. So when we understand the significance of the wilderness, we understand the importance of knowing that God is everything. God is everything you're ever, ever going to need. You don't need anything else but God. And it's in the wilderness God does some awesome stuff. And I mean awesome. Like, you know, you just think, oh, why couldn't I have had something like that? For example, Moses is walking around, everyone's mourning because it's, it's, they got nothing to drink, whatever. God goes, hey, see that rock? Yeah, kick it. Okay, random. Kicks the rock and water comes out. What the heck? Water comes out of a rock. Okay, I'm not being funny. Why is nobody excited about the fact that water just suddenly comes out of a rock because Moses kicked it? I'm like, this is awesome. Like, God's like, you want water? Let me give you water. There it is. Have it. Easy. It's so easy for God. And it's just like blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. They're in the wilderness for 40 years and their clothes don't get tattered. My clothes from Primark get tattered within a week. I mean, I know Primark's rubbish, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but for 40 years, their clothes don't get wrecked. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. And, uh, Let's think of some other stuff that happens. Oh, only that it rained bread. No big deal. Just anyone seen Cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Anyone? Come on. Someone's seen it. It rains spaghetti and stuff. God makes it rain bread. I mean, it actually rains bread. Like it genuinely bread is coming out of the sky. Not film kind of rain in bread. It's actually falling from the sky. Bread. That's why we mentioned manna at the start. It was bread. It's raining bread, people. It's raining. Why is nobody like, whoa? (laughs) I'm like, if I was in the wilderness, okay, I would not be complaining because there's bread falling from the sky. There is bread falling from the sky. Why is no one excited? Bread from the sky. Water coming out of rock. Your clothes are perfect. I'm like, this is just bonkers. I'm like, I just want to go there. Who wants to be there? That's amazing. God does incredible... I crack myself up now. I'm laughing at my own jokes. How weird is that? <laughs> God does incredible things in the wilderness. 
But here we go. This is, this is something that really frustrates me about the story. The children of Israel, they get on my nerves. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay? You'd think, it's raining bread. You'd wake up every morning thinking, thank you, God, it's raining bread in a place where there's no food. This place has no food. And it's raining bread. You'd think you'd wake up every day going, thank you, God, this is amazing. Whoa, mind blown. But that's not what happens. I mean, I probably did for the first couple of days, but eventually they're getting a bit bored of bread. And that's where this comes in, okay? It says, some troublemakers, stinking troublemakers, among them wanted better food. And soon Israelites began complaining, complaining, even though it's raining bread, I don't get it. They said, we want meat. We remember the fish we ate for free in Egypt. We also had cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We see nothing but this manna. The manna is the bread. I'm just like, what is going on? Why are you not waking up saying thank you? Why are you going, God, where's the meat? Like it's raining bread. I just... What? What is wrong with you? They're so annoying. I'm like, no, you should be thankful. But when we're in the middle of it all in our lives, we're like, God, you're probably not quite enough for me. I need a bit more. Give me something different. Do you know when I wasn't a Christian, I had so much more fun. Let me go back there. That was way more fun. I don't need you. I need that. Give me that and you. Oh, that's awesome. Good combination. No. It's like we should be waking up every day going, God, thank you that you died for me. Whoa, you actually died on a cross for me. Are you kidding? You went through all that for me. Whoa, you should be waking up every day absolutely amazed at what Jesus did for you. But instead, we are exactly like the children of Israel. And we wake up and go, God, we need a bit more. We need something different. We're a bit bored of you. We need a bit more. We need something different. And they get on my news, but I'm like, you know, they're like a shadow. They are a shadow of what we are now. They are Old Testament version of us. They are. Because we mourn and we groan when God is doing incredible things for us. He's doing, do you know, it could be a small thing and it's still incredible. Do you know what? I've got a house. Like I've got a house. I'm 23. Whoa. Thanks, God. That's awesome. Come on. It's okay. It might not be a massive deal, but it is a big deal because I've got a house. I'm like, this is, this is just nuts. I'm well. Whoa. I'm well. In a world where everybody's getting ill. I'm studying and I'm well. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's like, whoa. But instead we stand and we're like, oh, God, I'm just a bit bored. I just need something else. I need something more. Come on, give me some more. It's like, no, what you've got is enough. Jesus is enough. Everything that Jesus does for you is enough. It's more than enough. And we should be waking up day in, day out saying, thank you, God. But it's easier, right? It's so much easier to go, oh God, I want to be back where I was before. I want to be back where I was before. That's what they're saying. They're saying, God, I want to go back to slavery because I get meat there. What? You want to go back to being a slave so you can have some meat? Are you nuts? It's raining bread! For goodness sake! I'm like, I'm getting annoyed. I'm reading this passage. And first of all, I was like, mm, whatever. And then I read again. I was like, what? What? You're mourning when it's raining bread. I mean, I'm just going to keep mentioning that until I get like an awesome like, whoa, or something, okay? Because it's just nuts. Don't do it now because I want to keep saying it. <laughs> but we live by faith and not by sight. Come on, don't we? 
It says in the Bible, we live by faith and not by sight. We look, we look back at what we had and we try and work out, oh, I want the good stuff from back there and I want you to bring it to me now. But we don't live like that. We don't live looking back. We live walking forward having absolutely no idea where we're going. Absolutely no idea how long it's going to take. Absolutely no idea what on earth God's got planned for me. But we walk forward in faith that God's got something awesome at the end. Come on, because we know the end. The end is heaven. They probably didn't want to be going back to being slaves. Let's be honest. They probably didn't want to be a slave again. But they wanted to go back to where they were comfortable, where there was routine, you know, instant gratification of meat and all that stuff. They wanted to go back to the good stuff instead of appreciating what God's doing for them in that place. And I feel like God's trying to say to us that our destiny is far greater than our history. What went behind you, okay, you might have had fun behind you, but what's coming up before you, whoa, you're not going to believe it. Your mind is going to be blown when you get there. And I feel like God's going, we're in the wilderness right now, okay? We're in this place where it might be tough, and it might be that things aren't going your way, and it might be like, oh, God, you're getting on my nerves. But he's going, just forget what was behind and just walk forward in faith because I'm telling you, your destiny is so far greater than your history. What's coming next is so much more than what's behind you. And I think this is the bit that I really think God is trying to say to us today. I think, do you know, I I just, because it's been getting on my nerves all week. It's been working on me. This message has spoken to me already. I'm like, (laughs) breaking down all week. (laughs) But... (laughs) I think God's trying to say to us that we need to try and be consistent in our walk. You're not. You're not going to believe this bit, okay? This is a secret. Please don't tell people that I actually did this. I joined Amford Harriers back in the day. I actually ran, people. Okay, it doesn't happen now. But back in the day, I used to run. And I hated every moment, but I still went because my friends went. But uh, something that stuck with me and something that's spoken to me through... How weird is it that running has spoken to me when I hate running? <laughs> but um, they used to say all the time, because I was like a rubbish runner, and I used to be at the back all the time, and I used to be like, God breathe. <laughs> I'm not even lying, that's true. <laughs> but they used to say, keep momentum, keep your pace, sort your breathing out, keep your pace up, steady pace. If you can't go fast, just go slow. Keep your pace. Keep your pace, keep your pace. And I feel like God's saying to us, hey, okay, this is tough. And you might not like doing this bit. And it might be really hard and might be totally out of your comfort zone. But just keep a pace. If it's a slow pace, a fast pace, or in a middle pace, just keep a pace. Because your breathing will get easier. Things will get easier. You'll start to be able to run a bit quicker. And your your momentum will build up. We need to keep the pace. Do you know some ways we can keep our pace or keep momentum is... Okay, I don't really want to be in church today, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go because I need to keep my pace. I need to be in church today. I don't really want to read my Bible because I don't get it, but I'm just going to keep on reading it and pray that God's going to just tell me what it means because it's so confusing. But just keep the pace. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep walking. I don't want to praise today. I've had a shocking week. I'm not sticking my hand up in church. But God's like, no, 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 no. Keep the pace. Put your hand up. Just praise me anyway, and I'm going to get you through it. Come on. Okay, Dan and I have had such a hard couple of weeks. Dan's lost his grandmother and his stepfather in the space of four days. And it's been crazy. And I don't know if I really wanted to stand up here and preach today. But I just went, you know what, God? This is the day you put me up here. So I'm just going to keep the pace. I'm just going to get up here. And I'm just going to keep on preaching. I'm just going to do what you've called me to do, God. Why? Because you've got to keep the pace. If you don't keep the pace, you lose momentum. You fall behind. 
Come on, you've got to keep on going. Keep on pushing. Keep on trying. Even when it kills you inside, just keep on doing it because God sees it. And God blesses that. God blessed them all the way through the wilderness. All the way through. 40 years of blessing after blessing after blessing. He didn't stop because they were mourning. He didn't go, I ain't taking you to the promised land now. You've complained. He went, actually... You're getting on my nerves and you're making me angry, but I'm going to get you there anyway because I promised you I'd get you to the promised land. Come on. God promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Never. Not, I may not leave you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Ever, 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 ever. So if God's promised you that, you might get on his nerves by morning, but he's still going to get you to your promised land. It's not going to stop because you keep on complaining. You just got to keep on going. Oh, I've totally lost my place. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep my place. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Just embarrassed me in front of everyone. <laughs> it's in the wilderness, right, that God teaches them and he, he moves them to pla- different places and he strengthens them and he does stuff to them in the wilderness that's going to improve them, themselves for the promised land. Yeah, I'm losing all my words here. But it's in the wilderness that God's going to do stuff for you. We see the blessings. We see the miracles. We see it all the way through. If you want to go read it, go read Exodus. If you don't want to read it all, go from 14 on. It's really good. It might be like, like I read that bit first and I was like, all right, whatever. Move on. And then I was like, no, 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 go back. <laughs> I never just move on. Usually I'm just like, oh, I don't get it, whatever. But then when I've got to preach, I'm like, I've got to kind of work it out. <laughs> it just kind of happens. But, you know, it's in the wilderness you see that God does so much stuff. He does so, so, so much stuff. And God's not going to do that. He's not going to stop doing that. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. So if we believe that, if we really believe that, if he can do miracles for them, he can do miracles for us. Come on, he's the same God. He's the same God. It might have been such a long time ago, but he's still the same today. He still does stuff today. He still moves today. God's not quiet anymore. God's not. It's like maybe it feels quiet because back in the day you used to actually hear his voice. But now, you know, God's still talking to us. God's still moving in us. The wilderness is where we get to be with God. We get to get to know him. We get to follow him. We get to learn from him. We get to learn to be obedient. That is the worst bit ever. Like, nobody wants to actually be obedient, do they? Like, yeah, God, okay, I'll just do it. You just want to do your own thing, don't you? Most people, it's in you. You just want to do your own thing. And God's going, no, that's why you're here. Because I need to teach you to listen to what I'm saying. There's a part in this story, right? <laughs> I can't believe it. It's shocking. He calls Moses up the mountain, okay? And he's like, Moses, don't let them come to the mountain. Come up on your own. So Moses climbs the mountain, and they're down the bottom, okay? After they've had instruction to just wait. Just wait for me to come back, okay? And then they get bored of waiting for Moses to come back, so they just build a new god. Oh, yeah, let's just build a new god. Let's just build... and. Not just a cool god. They built a cow, for goodness sake. A cow. What? Who wants to worship a cow? It just goes moo. Anyway, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just like, oh, you're so disobedient. Just wait for Moses to come back. Just wait, because what he's coming with is awesome. Just wait. Just hold on. I love what Phil said. The wait is not wasted. It's not wasted. Because when whatever comes, whatever you're waiting for comes, it's going to be amazing. So just wait, just hold on, just keep your pace and just listen. Just listen to what God's telling you. If you listen, so much more will be done for you because you'll understand and you'll hear and you'll go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I think we need to learn from the children of Israel. 
We need to stop complaining, stop mourning, stop looking back at what was and start thinking about what could be. Start thinking, mm, I wonder what God's going to do next. Hey, God, come on, let's, do, let's work this out. Let's do something. Let's move. And that doesn't require you to just sit still. You can't just sit there and just, you know, sit on your couch for the rest of your life waiting for God to do something. It's something you actually have to do. They physically had to walk through the wilderness. They couldn't just come out the other side and go, 40 years later, oh, I've arrived. You know, they don't just stop. You've got to keep walking, keep physically doing things, keep actually being active in what you're doing and go, God, I'm just going to do this. And if it's right, cool. If it's not send me the other way, just do something to tell me that's not right, but just keep on walking, keep on going and keep your pace. Um, it says in John 6, Jesus is talking to the disciples about this story and um, they're like, oh God, what is that? Like, why are they eating manna, that bread that just fell from the sky? Like, how random is that? And he's like, oh, it's bread from heaven and, you know, it's cool and they're like, whoa, that is awesome, like, amazed, like me, you know, not like you lot, just like, whatever, it's just falling from the sky and I'm like, there's a bread falling from the sky. What's going on? And the disciples are like, whoa, that's wicked. Can we eat that bread for the rest of our lives? And Jesus goes, you don't need that bread. I am the bread. I am the bread. Okay, get this. Oh, I love this bit. Okay. If we are, the, if uh, the children of Israel, Israel are the shadow of us, oh, wait for it, wait for it, then the manna is the shadow of Jesus. Okay, the manna that fell from the sky, the bread that kept them going, that kept them full, that kept them alive, because you can't be alive without food. Okay, the thing that kept them alive, the thing that kept them pushing through the wilderness was this manna that fell from heaven. Then the thing that we should be feeding on, the thing that should be keeping us going, the thing that should be pushing us on is the bread that fell from heaven for us, which was Jesus. Jesus came from heaven for you. He says, I am the bread. Okay, forget about old times. Forget about the manna. I am all you need. I am what you need. Feed on me. Get from me whatever you need to keep on going. Whatever you need to keep on going because I'm still going to be there. I will sustain you. Okay, maybe sometimes it won't be as nice as onions and garlic. But, hey, it keeps you going, doesn't it? Keeps you alive, doesn't it? And maybe sometimes you're looking and thinking, oh, I mean, that was so much better. But God's going, okay, so maybe I'm not, you know, tickling your taste buds right now. But I'm keeping you alive, pal. So <laughs> get on your knees and thank me. <laughs> Come on, because, you know, you can look back and think, oh, God, I won't want that. And I just want to go out with my friends and have fun. And then Jesus is like, okay, maybe you do. But it's not good for you. Those people are not good for you. You need me. Come on, some people in here, you might be old Christians, no offense. Don't take offense, okay? I'm a young Christian. I'm not meaning it offensive. But you might be old, old Christians and you might still be in the wilderness and going, oh, for goodness sake, I just want to get to the promised land. I'm sick of this. But maybe Jesus is trying to tell you something today that you need to keep your pace. Maybe you're falling behind. Maybe you're not doing what you need to do. Maybe you need to read your Bible. Maybe you've gone, I've been a Christian for like 40 years. I'm not reading that anymore. I'm sick of it. But God's like, no, read your Bible. Come to church. Worship your God because if you can just keep your pace, he will sustain you through anything you go through. Whatever it is you go through, God's always going to be there. He never, ever leaves. Where's Paul? Hi. Do you want to come play keys? Because it makes me look more spiritual. (laughs) Makes me seem so much more holy when there's music on in the background. (laughs) Um, 
This is what I want us to get from today. There's probably people in here, I'd imagine, and if you don't need God, then there's something wrong with you. But if you, you're probably in here and you need God, right? And you're probably thinking right now, I really need God right now. I really need God to pull through right now. I really need something. You know, like the children of Israel, they're like, God, I really need something to drink. I'm going to pass out. I need a drink. Just like that, we could be like, God, I really need you right now. I am going to fall behind if I don't get some of you more tonight. Today. Um, but I just feel like maybe there's people in you who are like, God, I just need you to pull through. God, I just need to know that you're still there. God, I just need to know that you're still, you're just still here for me, God. Maybe you're still holding on for a miracle. Maybe the, your miracle hasn't come yet. But God saved them after 400 years. And they walked for 40 years. So if he can do it for people who've been going through 400 years of slavery, he can do it for somebody who's been going through something for, say, 10 years. Come on, God can change your life like that. And I don't know if there's people in here today who are like, oh, I'm sick of just manna. I'm sick of bread. It's boring. God's telling you, no, no, no. Don't think like that. Think, whoa, I've got some bread. Think, whoa, I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus and Jesus is doing stuff in my life. God's trying to talk to people today. I believe it in my heart. I believe in my heart that there's people in here going, I just need a breakthrough. I just need some strength. I just need some peace. I just need to feel wanted. I just need to feel loved. I just need to feel part of something. I don't know what, I don't know what you're thinking about and I don't know what you're going through, but I know that Jesus is far more than anything that you would ever need. I know that Jesus can sustain you. I know he can because he sustained me. I know he can. I know he can push you on and I know I'm only 23 and I know I haven't been through all that much. But I've been through enough to know that Jesus gets you through everything that you need to get through. I know that he will never, ever leave you. I know that he will never make you go through something that you can't handle. Because he's with you. So if you can't handle it, guess what? He's going to handle it. Come on, Jesus is here for you. And he, I don't know, maybe there's people in here going, okay, that's me, I need a breakthrough. We're going to sing God of Miracles. And I asked Paul to do this song today because I'm just like, all the way through this story, we see God's just saying, I'm doing miracle after miracle after miracle and you're just moaning at me. You're just moaning at me saying I need more. And I just want to do this song because I'm just like, do you know what? God is a God of miracles. He is a God of miracles. We maybe don't see them in such an extravagant way now, but he still does amazing things. And he can still do something amazing for you. And I believe it in my heart. And I've totally gone off my north and I have no idea how long I've been. But I just believe so much that God is trying to speak to somebody in the house. And I don't believe that anybody in here is here by accident because I believe that God has got something for you today. I believe that God is going to break through today. I believe that God is going to make people feel loved. I believe God's making people feel wanted. I just, I don't know. I don't know what you need, but I know that you need God. I know that everybody needs God because without God, you'll never, ever keep your pace. You'll never be sustained. God has to break through some point. So why not let it today be your breakthrough day? Why not let today be the day you say, here's my start. And then I know my end. And then I'm just going to trust God in the middle bit. It's hard and it's difficult. And it's just, oh, sometimes you just feel like, oh, God, goodness sake. But you just need to go, God, I love you. And I'm thankful for everything you're doing. And I'm just going to trust that you're going to push me through it. I'm just going to trust that whatever comes my way, you're going to sustain me. You're going to get me through it. Come on, there's people in this church today that need Jesus. I don't know, maybe you already had your start, but maybe you've drifted off. Maybe you've fallen behind. I don't know. Maybe you're an old Christian and you just need to know that Jesus is still with you. Maybe you just feel like, I've walked this so long. I've been in this in this Christianity thing for so long that I just need reminding that God hasn't left me just because he's, he's 
reaching to other people doesn't mean he's left me. He's here for everybody. Come on, there's people in this church today who need Jesus. Amen? Come on, amen. Can we sing? (laughs) I like singing. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silence in my every fear, silence in my every fear. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole. Reaching out to make me whole, the one who put death in his place. His life is flowing through my veins. His life is flowing through my veins. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Oh. The one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole, reaching out to make me whole. The one who puts death in his place, his life is flowing through, his life is flowing through my face. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. You are Lord. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The God who was and is to come. The power of the risen one. God who brings the dead to life, you're the God of miracles, you're the God of miracles, the God who wants and needs to come, the power of the risen one, the God who brings the dead to life, you're the God of miracles. Go!
This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org.